You're listening to Rabbi Arya Wolby, Director of Torch, the Torah Outreach Resource Center of Houston. This is the Jewish Inspiration Podcast. Welcome back, everybody. My name is Rabbi Arya Wolby, and this is the Jewish Inspiration Podcast. Right now, we're trying to do a little Parsha Power, and we'll have a few minutes just discussing some of the ideas that stood out to me while reviewing this week's Parsha, Parsha's Vayeshev. We have the story of Yosef, Joseph. Joseph is one of the two people in the Torah who is called a tzaddik, a righteous person. And our sages teach us that Yosef was a very, very special tzaddik because he was able to withstand temptation. He was put in a situation of incredible temptation, and Yosef was able to withstand that temptation. Our sages teach us that every single day the wife of Potiphar would try to persuade him to do sins with her. She was trying to seduce him on a regular basis, and he was able to withstand that strong temptation to which he merited the name Tzaddik. Now, we know that the Torah tells us that Yaakov, his father, favored Joseph over the other sons. And I want to talk a little bit for a minute about this idea of the favorite child. And I get this many times. I'm a father of seven amazing children, very gifted from the Almighty, together with my wife, to have the most incredible children on earth. And I get this question about which one is my favorite. And I honestly say that each and every one of them is my favorite. Uh, well, that's not fair because favorite means only one favorite. Well, we can have more than one favorite in many different areas, right? We can have a favorite ice cream. We can have a favorite car, right? And our children uh, are each unique. They're each different. And we have to recognize that each one could be a favorite in their own unique way. And therefore, you know, I don't think it is not truthful to say that each and every one of my children are my favorite. They each are in their own unique way. So I think that Yosef stood out to his father in his unique way, in which the Torah is identifying here a very special character, uh, one who has tremendous leadership qualities. And Yosef is, uh, in his father's eyes, a leadership personality. We see that it really is remarkable to how the story unfolds, where his leadership, which started off just with a few dreams, turned out to become real and intense leadership. Now, we see that the brothers had a pretty significant amount of jealousy of their brother Yosef. You know, he got the multicolored tunic. He got special treatment from his father because he was the oldest son of his favored wife, Rachel. Now, jealousy is dangerous because jealousy has the ability to remove clarity. And our sages tell us in Ethics of Our Fathers, in Pirkei Avot, that of the three things that remove a person from this world, one of them is jealousy. When one is jealous, they're not able to think clearly. They're not able to properly uh, react to situations that come up. And this is a warning where our Torah is teaching us the devastating effects of jealousy, where the brothers were jealous of Yosef, as the Torah tells us. They were jealous of him, and it did not result well for them. Now, 
another part of this week's parsha is we see the dreams. We see that Yosef had dreams, and many people have an interesting relationship with dreams, but we have to remember that there were four dreams repeated in this week's Torah portion. We had the two dreams that Yosef had, one of the sun and the moon, the stars uh, bowing down to him, and the other were the the uh, kernels of wheat that were, or bundles of wheat that were bowing down to him. Those were referring to his parents and referring to uh, his brothers. But also, Yosef deciphered two dreams, the dream of the uh, butler and the dream of the baker. And we see that each of the dreams really were a prophecy. We have to understand that dreams are very powerful. Dreams are not just, the, you know, the, our, our Talmud tells us that a dream is a 60th of prophecy. And we need to recognize that if we have a dream, and when we, when we do have a dream, we ha- and particularly if it's a a sad or troubling dream, there are remedies. Uh, first, there's, there is a, a special, you can convene a court that nullifies the dream, but also our sages teach us that you should have someone decipher your dream in a positive way. And I've seen this numerous times where people would approach a rabbi, I've had many come to me, and tell me that they had a really frightening dream, and we find a way to decipher it for the positive because you can either ignore a dream or the dream can come to fruition. And once you repeat the dream, the way in which it is deciphered, the way in which it is interpreted, is potentially the way in which it will come to fruition. So if you have a positive repetition of that dream, it could only it can lead to very good things. And if, God forbid, it is a negative review of that dream, then it can result in, in uh, negative things. As we see happened with the butler... And the baker, right? The butler who had grapes and, 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 and vineyards, he restored his position back to the palace uh, and serving Pharaoh. And the baker, because the birds were eating from his basket above his head, he was uh, destined to die. And what Joseph saw was, you know, generally speaking, birds are afraid of people. But when are they not afraid of people? When they're dead. And here, that was a sign that Joseph saw that if the birds are eating from the basket that's right above his head, the baker's head, and they weren't afraid, that means that he wasn't really going to be living much longer. Now, another point is that Yosef was on a mission of greatness. We have to understand that Yosef was not being arrogant. He wasn't being haughty in his dreams. Yosef was being a leader. Yosef was seeing a vision and carrying through that vision. And that's many times the result of leadership is that people see it because of their insignificant understanding of the situation, of the calling. Many times it's interpreted as, oh, it's just someone being arrogant, someone who thinks so much about themselves. It's interesting that we have many people who uh, go to the idea of Bible criticism where they people today living in the 2020, uh, the year 2020, or a, you know, 10, 15, 20, 50 years ago, feel with unbelievable arrogance that they can criticize our patriarchs and matriarchs and the tribes. And that is only from a place of ignorance, sadly, not a place of understanding the greatness of our ancestors. So just a, a bit of caution on that idea. The next piece here is about Hashem had big plans. You, can outsm- you cannot outsmart Hashem. 
you cannot outsmart. You can try to do everything you want to try to change Hashem's judgment, but ultimately, and that's what prayer is for, right? If what's going to be is going to be, so why am I busy praying? Well, we have the power to influence, but ultimately what Hashem wants is going to happen. And we see that with the brothers. They tried to sell Joseph. They tried to kill him. And each time, it only helped with the plan. We saw the same, we mentioned this last week, the story of Esther and Mordechai. Everything that was tried to be undoing, the undoing of the Jewish people became ultimately part of their greatness, a part of the story of their great miracle. The same was with Yosef. They threw him into a pit, and then they sold him. And each one, and even when he was in the house of Potiphar, every step of the way only helped him become the viceroy of Egypt. Now, another thing is that we see that Yosef throughout his life is being squeezed. And I want to use this analogy of being squeezed for the greatness to come out of him is that this is also a correlation to the oil that we use in the menorah. We're supposed to use olive oil. And the reason we use olive oil, our sages tell us, is that oil always floats to the top in that the Jewish people are compared to the olive oil that we use in our menorah. We always float to the top. That is, we, we can, you can mix oil with water as much as you want. At the end of the day, the oil floats back to the top. Our responsibility as Jewish people is to float back to the top. Remember who we are. Remember how special we are and float back to the top. But there's another point here. Like we said here about Yosef, he needed to be squeezed for that greatness to come out. The, the only way to get the oil out of the olive is to squeeze it. And what Hashem sometimes needs to do to each and every one of us as individuals and as a people is sometimes God needs to squeeze us. Hashem needs to hammer us with decrees uh, from governments. Sometimes Hashem needs to uh, throw plagues upon us and other, if you look throughout the past 3,300 years of the Jewish history since receiving the Torah at Mount Sinai, we were always pressed just like that olive for its oil we were pressed for our greatness. And we have to remember that, and I think it's part of the delight of Hanukkah, is to remind ourselves that we need to go the right way in order for us not to have that pain and that sorrow of the squeezing of outside elements. Now, another two very quick points here is that Yosef was punished for not fully trusting Hashem. And it's because Yosef said two extra words to the baker when he left, sorry, to the butler, where Yosef tells the butler, remember me. He uses two words telling the butler, when you go back to Pharaoh, remember me. Those two words costed him two more years in prison. Because our sages tell us that at the level that Yosef was, at the letter level of spiritual level, that Joseph had attained, it was a lack of faith, a lack of trust in Hashem for him to even say those two words. Our sages teach us that we need to rely only, only on Hashem. Ein od milvado. There's no one other than Hashem. And as Americans, in our American culture, we're uh, raised to believe that everything is in the power of money. Money, money, money. But don't forget that even on the American currency, it says, in God we trust, to remind us that even the dollar bill doesn't have the ability to bring salvation. Now, it's very interesting. I've been speaking to many of my friends, students, uh, 
throughout Houston. And many have been talking to me about how they're planning to take the vaccine. And once the vaccine comes for this uh, COVID-19, then they can uh, go around and they can be places and they can do things and they can. And I, I, I'm always concerned when people put too much trust in something other than Hashem. Our reliance should not be on a medication. Our reliance should not be on a vaccine. Our reliance should be on the Almighty. Should we take the vaccine? Absolutely, if we can. But don't put your faith and your trust solely in the vaccine. Don't put your faith and trust only in the medications we take. We have to remember that Hashem is Rofei Chalbasar. The Almighty is the healer of all flesh. We can take all the medicines in the world if the Almighty doesn't want us to be healed or to be vaccinated from a, an illness, then we won't. And we have to put our trust in Hashem and not, God forbid, in, in human beings or in a medication. So with that, my friends, um, so long from Houston. Until next time, shalom and have a lovely Hanukkah. You've been listening to the Jewish Inspiration Podcast, a Torch production. Become a supporter at torchweb.org because your assistance enables more Torah learning around the globe. To find more lessons offered by Torch, please visit torchpodcasts.com.